Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. Welcome to Believe in Colts special live stream edition. I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, is my guy, Gerard Powers. We're going to talk about the NFL, and we're going to get into the live chat and maybe answer some questions and, and react to some of the comments. But besides the Colts and Steelers game, what was a game that you saw that kind of opened your eyes a little bit? Man, the Jets, Jets, Bears. And even though it wasn't, you know, like the Bears is one of the better teams in the league or whatnot, everything that's been happening with the Jets at the quarterback position uh, Mike White, you know, gets in the game and has, you know, six complete six incompletions. I think go 22 for 28 over 300 yards, three TDs. And he got a little swag about him. Even Elijah Moore and those guys, you know, are getting the ball and everybody's happy now. So going forward, I just wonder, you know, do you go back to your top draft pick quarterback, you know, once you feel that. You know, he's back in line and doing things the way that you want him. Or are you going to ride this wave with Mike White? Because, you know, every game he's played in so far, he's been successful or he's shown that he can, you know, lead at that position. So I think you really do have a quarterback controversy in New York because it seems like the locker room like Mike White. And he, like I said, he got a little flavor about him that makes you like him as a fan as well. Absolutely. I, I I have been watching Mike White. Uh, I mean, when he played against the Colts last week, you know, he came in and, and, and played really well or not last week, last year, mm-hmm. uh, played really well uh, when he came in. And man, that, that kind of I was curious, you know, he's played well the majority of the times he's been in. Why don't the Jets give him an extended look, you know, in games? I, I don't I don't understand that. Uh, but you know, every team goes about things differently. Uh, <laughs> so it, it is what it is. Um, let's talk about the Raiders and the Seahawks. Holy crap. Talk about making comebacks. The Raiders now have won two in a row and put 40 up on the Seahawks now. After they beat the Broncos, now they go out and they beat the Seahawks. Do you think the Raiders are starting to get their swag that we were hoping that uh to see at the beginning of the year well you you know that kind of similar situation you know not living up to their expectations and you look at their roster and it's just like how and then all of a sudden the last few weeks it seemed like those guys are starting to figure it out josh jacobs running the ball like crazy Derek carr and uh and Devontae seem like they got their chemistry back going and you know he's getting the ball again so uh you know i think their team down this stretch you know is going to be one of those guys one of those teams that get hot and you definitely don't want to see him you know late in this season but i'll tell you what basketball is back at bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online as your continued source for all sports wagering information bet online features live betting free contests and giveaways all season long Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, 
where the game starts. Absolutely. Uh, the, the big battle over in the NFC East, Cowboys beat the Giants. Uh, that was a, a an interesting game on, on, on Thanksgiving. Uh, what was the Thanksgiving game that, that you liked? There was Buffalo and Lions, where the Lions almost came away with that win. And then the Vikings, there was some controversial stuff going on in that game against the Patriots. Oh, yeah. But I think the game that uh, I was kind of intrigued most by was that that Lions game, that Lions-Bills game. Just seeing how the Bills was going to respond off of the week before. And, you know, those guys are starting to find gutty ways to win. And, you know, they're beat up a little bit. Quarterback got a sore arm uh, and all these other things. And, uh, you know, they're still putting points on the board and, you know, still finding ways to win. So it seems like... You know, they, they've been going through a tough stretch of games these last weeks, and they're showing that they got championship-type uh, mentality uh, within that team because of the tough wins and how they've been winning these games. Absolutely. Um, now, obviously, there's three teams that I think in the NFC that uh, got to keep a close eye on. You know, uh, right now, obviously, it's the Cowboys. You got the Eagles. And in my opinion, that San Francisco team who just blanked Ooh, the Saints. Yeah. You know, I think those are the three big teams right now. Is there another team that you think needs to to come into we, that conversation? We got to put more respect on the Vikings name, man. We have to. We have. They might not be the prettiest or we might not believe in Kirk or whatever the case may be. It might seem a little janky on how they win, but we got to put more respect on their name, man. They're, they're, they're beating top teams. They're, they only got, what, two losses and, uh, you know, playing some damn good football late in the season. And they've been playing good football since week one. Absolutely. Um, I mean, they're nine and two right now, right? They have the second best record in the NFC. And yet we don't even put a, put their names with, you know, the best team. And we got to play them. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we, got a tough, we got a tough stretch of games coming up. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. All the way up until the last game. Of the, and, and the last game was a divisional game. So that's going to be tough no matter what. Um, let's let's get into the chat now, guys. Um, if you're watching, go ahead and leave a question or comment. We'll see if we can't get to it. If you want to make sure that uh, your question or comment gets gotten to immediately make sure you uh use a youtube super chat or use the donation link in the description of the video uh we've already talked a little bit about matt ryan uh so i'm not gonna there's a lot of stuff in here about matt ryan let's talk about jelani woods all right because we we, we already discussed matt ryan and, and and his and his throwing and stuff like that jelani woods was that a breakout game for him on sunday or yep. monday night no, nah, yeah. So him him being able to perform like that, especially in a big time, you know, Monday night atmosphere, prime time game. I mean, it, it lets you know that all right, we got a young piece that you know got you know some potential. You know, that big of a body running, the physicality, the radius of his catch, you know, window or however you want to put it. I thought he played hella good. I thought he did a great job and uh, you know, stepping up and just trying to be one of the key players and making plays last night. Absolutely. Now Joey B, he's a he's down on the Colts right now, hardcore. He's a Colts fan. <laughs> but he's down on the Colts right now. He wants the Colts to tank out. He, you know, wants the, the high draft pick. But there is a question with the way Matt Ryan uh, at times looks. Could we see another quarterback change, or do you think uh, Saturday stays with Matt Ryan? 
I think Saturday is going to stay with Matt. I, I still think Matt gives you your best opportunity to win. I understand people want to tank out, but if that's not what Jim Ursay wants to do right now because he ultimately will call that shot and nobody will know it, you just have to look at the roster moves that's going on to kind of catch on. But um, I think Matt just still gives you the best you know, opportunity to win. And then I know people want to you know, look at draft picks and, and, and everything like that, but – I think when you look at this quarterback class that's coming in, even though it's some talented guys now, I mean, you look at Bryce Young and Stroud and, you know, all these guys that seem very talented, I still don't think it's a guy out there that you're just like, he's the one. This is the guy we need to to go here. I still, you know, think it's a lot left to be done and a lot more evaluations to be done. It's not like when Andrew Luck, you know, was coming out of college and you just knew this guy was just ready to be the guy. So, um, I, I think we still got to work with what we got until the you know, best opportunity, you know, presents itself. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's the thing, right? Draft, there's no guarantee in the draft. And, and even, even if you think there's a guy there and you move up to go get him or something like that, there's no guarantee he's going to, he's going to work out. I mean, look, look what's going on with the jets right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, um, you know, there, there, there's different quarterbacks fields, right? You're questionable on that situation. I mean, he's got a ton of talent, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, j- just because he's got all that talent, where, where is that team sitting at right now? He, he, uh, sometimes a talented quarterback does not turn a team around he, all by himself, you know? Right. Um, and you hit it right on the head. I mean, there's a lot of evaluating left to go here. The, Every none of these quarterbacks in this draft look like a guarantee surefire bet, right? Uh, mm-hmm. There's not someone that you're going to hang your hat on and go, I have to move up into the top five and get this guy. Yeah. Uh, it, it just doesn't, we haven't really seen that too much in the last you know, I don't, five, six years. You know, it, it seems like uh, the quarterback market, yes, there's a lot of scrambling athletic quarterbacks that are coming out of college right now, but not a lot of them are being super successful. A lot of those guys seem to be more of a pocket passing quarterbacks that Mm -hmm. are succeeding. And yet everybody's saying, no, 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 no. It's your athletic scrambling quarterbacks that the NFL is moving towards to, which they are but they're not the ones that are being as successful as more of the guys who can really sit back in the pocket and throw. Do you agree with that? I kind of do. Even, even, you know, let's just say like Trevor Lawrence's draft class a couple years ago. I think those guys are off to a good start. You look at Mac Jones, you look at Tua, you look at uh, Justin Herbert, you know, all Mm -hmm. those guys, they've, they've proven that they can, you know, stand in the pocket and be that pocket type passer. But they also proven that, hey, we're athletic enough to where if stuff break down, like I'm just as fast as some of these linebackers like Trevor Lawrence, his size. Yeah, he's going to sit in the pocket because that's what he does best. But if he were to scramble and run like he's an athletic guy, it's not like your old school Matt Ryan Eli Mannings, your uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, it's not your old school style pocket passers. Like the more pocket passers we see in today's game are coming in more so like your Josh Allen. You know, these guys might weigh 220, 230, but when they run, you're like, oh, snap. You know, these big ass dudes can move. (laughs) Absolutely. But I mean, there's still 
pass first oriented quarterbacks that are succeeding, not necessarily the run first or run equal, you know, type quarterbacks is where I'm getting. Yeah. These guys are athletic. Uh, absolutely. You know, even Joe Burrow, you know, can, can, yeah, can that's move around I mean. in the pocket. Right. Yep. But he still prefers to sit in that pocket and throw the football. Right. And uh, that's why I'm I'm looking at how many quarterbacks in the draft right now, the upcoming are guys that like to sit in the, in the pocket and drop dimes around the field, you know? Well, well, most of them come from, you know, QB throwing in the pocket type systems, even though they might have some run plays that's designed for them. But I mean, you watch Alabama and Bryce Young. I mean, he sits in the pot. He'll sit in the pocket all day until somebody comes open if that's what he has to do. But if it breaks down, he's fast, like a little DB out there that can move. Or if you look at, uh, Stroud from Ohio State, like those guys run systems to where they got to sit in the pocket and make some big time throws. I think uh, it's just a bunch of quarterbacks that's, you know, been been skill training and been brought up since 10, 11, 12 years old that really just understands the value of their legs as well. Uh, so I don't know how many quarterbacks out there is more so I'm, I'm thinking run first. I just more so think it's development to where those guys got to get used to sitting more in the pocket and going through more than one or two reads. Like in college, you know, the system might be easy for Justin Fields at Ohio State because he has one or two reads that he's reading off of rather than going to the NFL. And now you got to go from one, two, three to your fourth check down. So I just think it's development and that's that. Um, I guess, category rather than a lot of guys just, you know, feet first, pass happy. If they don't see that first read, they get out of there. I just still think they got a lot to learn at the position. Talking about development and learning um, in this draft class, is, are you saying that possibly uh, a lot of these guys need to sit a year after they're drafted and learn under an established veteran quarterback before they're given the reins to a team? Yeah, I think I, from what I've saw this year, and I like I said, I'm no evaluator. I've just watched some big time college football games. Um, you know, even your best quarterback, who you know, some people think is Bryce Young, some people think is Stroud, whoever you know these guys got. Um, I'm not saying that they can't play day one, but I think a lot of them will benefit. You know, to going to somewhere to where they can learn and 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 really, you know, gask and 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 you know, get all the knowledge that they can possibly get to fulfill their potential when it is their time to to, to play. I mean, you look at Tua's first year, we, we was just this past summer, everybody in the media basically saying that Tua don't got a shot. And then they were talking about his talent. You know, this was before the, you know, the injuries and all that. People were like doubting Tua as a starting quarterback. And then all of a sudden you put some weapons around him and he's the hottest quarterback in the NFL right now. So uh, maybe last year was just uh, some growing pains that he had to learn and, and, and you know, and do uh, for his second year to be successful. Uh, but like I said, I'm not saying these guys can't play day one, but I think they all will benefit if they can sit and, uh, and learn for a year before they, you know, just get thrown to the fire. Absolutely. Uh, I, 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 I've always been a guy. Yes, I understand that as a Colts fan, uh, historically, you know, the last 20 years, uh, we had Peyton Manning who started day one. We had Andrew Luck that started day one. But that was – I feel like the, they were already NFL ready, right? Um, yeah, especially in, in that oh. aspect. 
Sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, didn't mean to cut you off. But, yeah, like Peyton's situation. I mean, you knew Peyton was NFL ready from his sophomore year of you know, college, junior year of college or whatever it is. But even Peyton, his first year through – you know, whatever the record is, I think the record still holds today mm-hmm. as most interceptions, you know, <laughs> as a rookie quarterback or whatnot. So even he had to go through some growing pains and learn some stuff, uh, but it was needed for his success. And I get that, you know, so that's what I mean by I'm not saying that, uh, you know, these guys can't come in and play day one and just go through their growing pains. But if they can sit and go through growing pains, you know, I think it will be more beneficial. I think it really depends upon the team around them. Do they True. have the True. the protection and the weapons and stuff to really help uh, a quarterback? Like like um, like like for instance, Mac Jones walking into New England, he had an offensive line and a running game to really help him out. But when Sam Darnold walked into the Jets, yeah, he had nothing, point. and that could have really shell shocked, you know. Sam Darnold and ruin the rest of his career. So you got to be careful on how you bring bring quarterbacks in and and realize what they need at that time, right? No, I definitely agree with that. You definitely got to be careful. Uh, like you said, Sam Darnold going to the Jets, it was a lot put on his plate. The where he didn't he didn't know, like he just didn't know what to do, how to do it, uh, and you didn't have any like special weapons around him to help guide him. When you look at Andrew Luck's situation, I mean, he had a vet team he was coming to. You know, you got Reggie Wayne that was in the prime of his career, and you know some guys around you. Uh, you had to depend on a couple young guys like Vic Ballard. Uh, getting drafted out of Mississippi State and coming in and, you know, doing a great job at running back and T.Y. Hilton coming in and fulfilling that number two role immediately. Uh, So we was lucky enough in that draft class alone to have some guys to help Andrew immediately. But uh, even Andrew, and I think he might have had one of the best rookie seasons of any quarterback, you know, that normally get drafted. He, even he went through some growing pains, but we were able to go 11, 11 and five and get into the playoffs, you know, with a rookie quarterback. Absolutely. And and that, and I, I think a lot of fans are seeing the Andrew Luck situation because that's one of the most recent things that the Colts fans have, have gone through. And they think that, you know, uh, you go through that losing season, go get a quarterback, and then bam, look at that. You know, uh, all of a sudden we're in the playoffs again. That that does not normally happen in yeah. the NFL, right? Uh, yeah, no, you're right. It's hard It's hard to find a quarterback, and when you find one, that's why you treat them like gold. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There's a – I don't know. Okay, so with the Colts, Mm. There's some there, there's some stuff in this in this uh chat here. I don't know if I want to bring it up. I'm gonna bring up one thing and we're gonna talk about that before we end this. Uh let's talk about the Colts weapons. Mikey Mendez brings in, he puts an opinion out here and says that he thinks that Paris Campbell should be our wide receiver one and Doolin three. Uh do you think that right now that the Colts are are um using the wide receivers properly or do you think that maybe a shuffling around of of where guys should be should happen Mm. uh i mean guys are at their position because of their skill set i mean you put you put Parrish at the x i mean he don't fit you know in the the x position uh so but when you want to say shuffle around if you want to talk about 
targeting or who's priority. Yeah. That, that, you know, that's a, that's a different situation. I mean, Paris has been a guy that kind of showed some playmaking ability. So of course you want to see him get more touches, but Pittman has still shown that, you know, he's a down the field, big body, big type catcher can become a big red zone type uh, target as well to where, you know, he deserved his targets as well. But when you look at, you know, everybody else, even Mike uh, Strahan, I think I keep pronouncing his last That's name right. wrong. You That's know, right. he's more of an X style receiver because of his style. I mean, his his skill set and his size. Uh, so it's, it's, it's hard for him to kind of crack that rotation like that unless something is wrong with Pittman because Pittman is the better X than Strah- uh, Strahan, you know, at the end of the day. So I get the shuffling guys out, maybe getting – more reps for some guys and some uh, key positions. But um, when it comes to them in a position, they're where they're at because of their skill set. But like you said, if it's a priority situation when it's like, hey, we need to target this guy more or that guy more, I- I'm with you in Paris need to get pr- probably a little bit more targets just because they've shown more playmaking ability with the ball in his hand. Absolutely. So I got a question. Oh. Uh. You got your X receiver on the outside, your opposite receiver on the outside. What's the difference between Z. that? Yeah, the Z. What, what's the difference between the X and the Z? The X is normally on the ball. He he he's not gonna go in motion. So where he lines up, that's the, like he's set. The Z is guys that can move around. Hey, let's motion him. And now when the play snap, you might be at the number two receiver or you might be at the number three receiver, just depending on the the motion or the play called or uh and all those things. But the Z is the guy that can move. Uh X is normally like Reggie Wayne played the X. We didn't see him go in motion much unless it was certain play situations or certain calls, but normally Reggie was going to line up X position and you're going to know where he's at and uh, and it's easier for a quarterback to determine the defense especially when you got that's why normally back in the day your best wide receiver played the X position and the defense always especially when you got a big dog let's just say as you know Randy Moss at the X the defense is always going to adjust to whatever the game plan is and uh, people know Randy Moss is going to be the main topic in the game plan so it's easier for quarterbacks to you know make checks audibles get get guys in the right position because the defense kind of got to tip his hat you know to that to that x if if he's if he's your best guy at wide receiver absolutely um awesome so do you think paris could play that z position where instead of just the y uh, yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's been certain personnel calls or certain personnel groups to where he is the Z. Uh, but normally, like you say, Paris is that number three receiver, and he comes in as the Y, and that guy is normally a guy that can move and do the same thing that the Z. Uh, but normally, you know, when your X and your Z is your number ones on your outside position, it's the bigger style uh, type, of, type of receivers, uh, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, T.Y. Hilton, he was a Z, wasn't he? Yep, T.Y. was a Z, moved around a little bit, you know, but his his skills, the reason why he was a Z is because uh, we didn't want T.Y. at the X and he couldn't move because he was a, a smaller guy, shorter guy. So if guys were to come up and press him, it can kind of mess up his rhythm a little bit. So you wanted T.Y. to get as many free releases as he possibly can. At least that was my thinking with it uh, when we used to line up against him and uh, even when I played against him as well. This was Believe in Colts, brought to you by Bet Online. And as usual, go Colts. Do you believe?
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.